Welcome to Glove Talk, your weekly news unboxing. If you're new to the channel and enjoy boxing content, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you enjoy the video, make sure to hit the like button. And with that said, let's break down these fights this week and then let's get into the different weight classes and the news that's going on. So first, we're going to start with Matchroom, and that is Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas. This was a great fight. I think that, you know, I was really happy to see so much buzz about female boxing on Twitter and on social media. There's a few things I wanted to note. You know, I think some people got really annoyed uh that it was a draw some people thought it was very just i had a jonas probably just maybe squeaking it out but honestly i think a draw wasn't too bad if anything it gives you know eddie a chance to do you know a second a second fight really so there is that one thing that was interesting was jonas's cornerman joe uh gallagher did kind of go on to social media and talk about this a little bit and and he felt as though she easily won it's really tough when some of these trainers have multiple fighters because immediately people kind of clap back and we're talking about well you know now you know how writer's team felt when he fought smith and you know it's it, it was pretty much the only thing people were saying you know now you know how john Ryder, you know felt it it was kind of it was somewhat comical but it did kind of show that that's where he obviously felt like jonas won his fighter won i think that when you look at the very end it's very telling there's always this thing with ties or, or draws i should say in boxing the person that raises their hands and looks and feels like they won compared to the other person that looks downtrodden or looks like they they feel like they lost that sometimes can just tell you a little bit about the mindset and what the fighters are thinking the same thing is true when you look at michael hunter versus pavetkin it was a draw but at the end of it michael hunter definitely felt like he won that fight and pavetkin looked like he thought he certainly lost so it's always the, if you read the body language it's always something to kind of note so now moving to the pvc card we had Jamal James and Thomas Delorme, and this was a great fight. I love fights like this where, you know, they say styles make fights, and that's exactly what this was. You had, you know, James with a much bigger, uh, much taller, longer reach. I believe he's around 6'2", and then you had Thomas Delorme, who was trying to get on the inside and was more effective when he could get inside and kind of do body work like that. It... It reminded me a little bit of about a year ago, so maybe a little bit more. But if you remember back to kind of Badu Jack versus uh, Pascal, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that where you knew Badu Jack was kind of trying to keep, you know, Pascal on at reach and try to use his kind of jab to kind of control the distance of everything. Whereas Pascal was just trying to get in there and really be effective to body work and just tried to actually bulldoze him quite a bit in the first couple of runs, but then had to slow down. That turned in a draw. This one didn't. I think it was a good call. I I had James and, you know, Delorme kind of very close rounds. I had him kind of going back and forth at the beginning, but then at the end, James seemed to come on strong and really kind of kicked it up a notch. I don't know if Delorme just kind of lost some steam, um, but he seemed to be able to not be as effective as he was in the beginning rounds. I think someone mentioned online that I thought was very interesting is that, you know, Jamal James is what Robert Easter should be, you know, like it, I thought that was a great kind of 
take on it because he really does utilize his size well and is a very effective in terms of how he goes about using his jet but then also his movement he's very elusive for his size doesn't really like to stick in the pocket it was it was a great fight i really enjoyed it the crowd noise for this one bugged me a little bit but i actually you know the commentary was it was pretty good bk can i mean i'm never a big fan of him to be honest with you but i do love hearing lennox lewis talk something about lennox lewis maybe it's just me but lennox lewis is so calm and he's kind of giving his insight and it's just very direct kind of simple and to the point i really enjoy listening to lennox lewis uh kind of break down fights and give his two cents on everything like that anyways moving from the fights now we're going to be moving into the various weight classes and breaking down the news going from lightest to heaviest and first we're going to start with carl frampton carl frampton you know is having to look now for a new opponent uh for his august 15th fight apparently there's been some visa issues so he is on the hunt for someone new and he may have to push this obviously date back if things can't be settled or if they can't find someone for him um, i always like watching carl frampton because you know he's a, a guy that goes a million miles an hour uh, throws a ton of punches and is just usually in fairly action-packed fights so i'm curious who they partner up with him now going from carl frampton now going up to lightweight we're going to be talking about tank davis and leo santa cruz leo santa cruz actually kind of brought up the fact about tank davis making weight and saying that if he doesn't he's going to pay a big fine i think that this is a good motivator for tank i think tank has had issues with weigh-ins i you know i've brought it up before with the gamboa fight he moves up a weight class you know granted it's only five pounds but he then is over by a, what three four pounds i believe it was it's just he has issues with weight you know not getting ready for a fight is sometimes an issue with him but it was good to see that he is in the gym right now with floyd mayweather so they're working together that gives me a lot more confidence that he's getting that kind of support i want tank to be successful and i don't want things like weigh-ins to be an issue for him why because the thing i like about tank davis is that he knocks people out that's the thing with tank davis you're gonna see probably a knockout when he's in the ring he's just got a lot of power for his size so if he's weight drained because he can't make weight it's really gonna affect that and i like to see him you know in the best version of himself that we can get in the ring so with that said let's go to the biggest news in the lightweight division and that's tiafimo lopez and vasily lomachenko now some new news came out from Lopez's side and it's his manager saying that they didn't get any numbers for this fight until late July I believe July 28th is the date that they utilized and it's interesting because now they're saying that now that they're not happy and they're not signing the contract you know Bob Arum isn't talking to them and that he's talking more to the media and that they want to have more negotiation and conversation so I get that you know i don't know how true that is but one thing that was very weird that he did mention was that he said hey maybe espn can throw more money at this fight and that way we'll have more money to like it you know have as a fighter and to sweeten the pot a little bit as you guys remember last week i broke down the fact that espn is tanking right now in ratings and that they do not have money they are doing layoffs and they are losing sponsors so I don't think that's going to happen. I certainly don't think they're going to do that for this fight. So 
I think that's completely out of line for what's happening, but some new news came in that was very interesting to me, and I really want to break this down, and that is Lomachenko is now taking even less. He took a second pay cut. Second pay cut. So he was already getting his minimum for this fight, which was 3.2, I believe. That's his guaranteed. He's now going below his guaranteed for this fight so that it can happen. I want to talk about this and really tell you a couple points that I think are interesting about it. Number one, how many fighters do you know take less than guaranteed money for a fight? Like, no one does that. No fighter says, uh, I'll take less so you can give more to the other guy so the fight can happen. That never happens in boxing. So this actually spurred a lot of conversation from people that aren't even Lomachenko fans. You know, people that maybe even weren't, a, didn't care for him all that much. I saw people saying, this just shows me that Lomachenko cares more about legacy than he does money. Now, granted, with legacy comes a financial reward of it, but it does show how bad he wants this fight. And for a lot of people, it was very, very positive, very positive feedback for doing this and trying to just get this deal done. I think this is a huge signal to even Lopez's camp, which is I want to talk about the second biggest point is that this is almost a little bit of a mind game when you think about it. Now, Lomachenko isn't a big trash talker. He's a little bit more playful, kind of like when him and Luke Campbell were kind of squaring off in the UK and, you know, they're doing photos and Lomo reaches over and grabs the WBC belt, kind of joking, but kind of like this, this is going to be mine. Like, he does little stuff like that. Uh, but this to me is almost a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a mind game to, to Lopez's camp. I know I can beat you. And I'm not scared of you. I'll take a less than guaranteed. I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, that tells you how confident Lomachenko is going into this fight. I knew he was confident. I knew, I always feel like Lomachenko feels ready for a fight and very prepared. But I mean, this is just, it's a statement. It's basically a bring it on. Let's do this. You want more money? Here's more money. Let's do this. So... <laughs> I, I have to say, I was very surprised by this. Um, I was very impressed, actually, that Lomo was willing to do this. Now, there is people that are in a fan of Lopez that are saying this is all BS, that this is this is Bob Arum trying to sell the fight to make Loma look good and Lopez look bad, and that in actuality, you know, Loma was always willing to take less money, and that this is just him trying to kind of play a, play this game to get Lopez to sign the contract. I don't know if I would say that. That just doesn't seem doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. So that's my take on everything. Like I said, let me know what you guys think down in the comments below. You guys were very, very vocal last time. It's great when you guys kind of let me know what you guys think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Anyways, let's move on to actually Jorge Linares and his the Fortuna fight. That is not going to happen now. It looks like, sadly, Jorge Linares has uh, contracted COVID-19, so he will not be fighting. Uh, Fortuna has talked about 
you know some other people he wants to fight possibly but a name that came up was Devin Haney I thought this was a really interesting name for this fight now I think that Fortuna's date and Linares's date would probably have to be scrapped uh I believe you know Devin Haney said online that he had a date or there was a date that he was eyeing up already so that's a very interesting fight I don't know if it's actually going to happen but I would love to see Devin Haney and Fortuna square off sorry that you know Linares can't be involved and that he got actually sick and everything like that but we wish him the best I'm sure he'll recover really quickly now moving up to 140 it looks like Jose Ramirez is going to be fighting Victor Postal this is a very good fight I, I like this fight a lot for a couple reasons one it gives us it gives us a point where we can look at how Jose Ramirez does against Victor Postal in comparison to Josh Taylor. So Victor Postal has lost to Terrence Crawford. No shame in that. He went the distance with Terrence Crawford and he went the distance with Josh Taylor. So if Jose Ramirez goes in there and just obliterates him, it should give us a little bit more of a sense of how Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor are going to do if they get the unification fight on. You know i'm a fan of jose ramirez i really like him uh this is a good i think this is a good fight for him i i'm certainly leaning towards him winning but i don't see it being you know a total cakewalk that's for sure i think this victor postal is a solid contender in this fight he is getting up there in age he's 36 years old so you know say what you will but if you're not going to have a, uni a major unification fight at least you're fighting a decent opponent right now moving up to middleweight and Billy Joe Saunders said that if he doesn't beat Canelo they don't have to pay him you know I wasn't super impressed with Billy Joe Saunders in his last fight I sometimes have an issue with him in terms of not staying in the best of shape when he's not in camp for a fight but you got to give the kid credit for this I mean he knows how to he knows how to stay relevant if you haven't noticed i've talked about billy joe Saunders. he's been in the news he knows how to stay in the news and he knows how to at least get his name talked about by people uh, i think he's him and tyson fury kind of work on this together maybe but it's just always interesting to me how he finds a way to stay relevant even when he hasn't signed a contract so i just wanted to touch on that you know i think it's more comical than anything so now moving up to light heavyweight we haven't talked about light heavyweight in a little while oh so it looks like bivel will be fighting in late 2020 glad to hear that i was more interested in him going down to super middle and fighting canelo i don't think that's going to happen now but that would be a very interesting fight for me i don't know who he's going to be fighting there's no date set it's just something to quickly note for light heavy um and then another thing to mention is arthur better Biev looks like he has an opponent for September 25th and it is going to be Fun Long Mang I maybe butchered that name if I did I'm sorry but it looks like that's who's who his opponent is I I don't see this being a long fight I mean better Biev better Biev is just a wrecking ball I'm pretty sure he has almost a perfect KO win percentage if I'm I might be wrong on that but I'm pretty sure if he if he doesn't it's very close he's incredibly gifted um what I really like about him is he's able to knock guys out with punches that don't look like they should be able to knock other guys out it's just he has so much power he's also a very gifted boxer 
big fan of him and uh, i'm very excited to see you know what he has going on now moving on from that to heavyweight the wbc president has confirmed and is saying that he is absolutely going to make sure that dillian white gets a title shot based off of who wins with tyson fury and deontay wilder now this sparked a little bit more interesting conversation because you know obviously they want this fight to get done a lot of people especially you know eddie hearn wants this to fight to get done immediately because then they can kind of set up the white fight and then right after that the aj fight well bob arum comes out and says this might fight might not happen until february 2021 and you know, with that, with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder maybe having to kind of shelve this fight for a little bit longer, it just, I could literally probably hear Eddie Hearn just getting so annoyed with Bob and wanting to pull his hair out. Uh, it's just, he desperately wants the AJ Fury fight. And this kind of move makes sense though from a financial standpoint because they know that hopefully by then we can actually have some kind of gate and it will make a little bit more sense money wise because i have to imagine both these guys are going to be making buku bucks regardless if people really want to see this fight or not i think it's good to have i felt like you know deontay wilder got destroyed in the second fight but something to me seemed off like maybe his he got hit in the temple and the equilibrium was off he just didn't seem like himself i'm not blaming the suit i will never blame the suit but we i would like to see what he can do one more time with tyson fury the thing is i hear a lot of people saying oh i don't want to see this fight i think it's a done deal don't ever underestimate that right hand by deontay wilder he only needs one that's all he needs I'm not even the biggest Deontay Wilder fan, but I am respectful of that right hand of his. Now, moving on to, well, retired heavyweights, and that is Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. have moved their fight to uh, now November instead of September 12th. I believe it's going to be on the 28th. And, you know, when asked about why they're doing this, it seems as though they're doing this for, well, promotional reasons. I think what happened was they initially had the date of September 12th, thought this was a good idea, and, you know, they thought they might get a few people to tune in for it. Then they got flooded with just an unbelievable amount of press. It was just everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. They got so much hype for this fight that I thought that I think they just said, you know what? Let's do a proper press tour. Let's do a proper, you know, virtual press tour probably, but you know, let's really promote this fight properly. I guess they're doing a 10 part documentary series on this fight. Um, even so that way there'll be even more build up for this. I think it's kind of smart. I really do. The other thing is I wanted to point out some pros and cons of having this date in, in November. The pros are right now it looks like college football which would be on a saturday on the 28th is looking like it might not happen it's looking like their schedule if it does happen might be shortened or a very abbreviated that's a good thing for this fight because the less people are watching other sports at that time the more likely they are to tune in the downside is if this whole promotion for this fight gets completely, 
well, just swept under the rug because of, well, it's an election year and elections are going to be starting in November. I believe that the date's the 4th of November. But if things take a while because you're doing mail-in ballots and everything like that, that means that this fight could really, really, like I said, be swept under the rug because people are just going to be so frantically involved with the politics that are going on at the time, especially if there's recounts and it's just taking a long time. You know, it could be a real problem for a promotional aspect. I'm more leaning towards the fact that it will do better because it's moving rather than the latter of it doing worse. But I did want to bring that up. Another little side note to this, and I'll probably end here, is Roy Jones Jr. brought up the fact that the California State uh, Athletic Commission, you know, they can't control Mike and that he'll be ready to have a war. You know, to me, this is... This is Roy trying to sell the fight, but it's also very telling about the fight. You know, I think some people think these guys are going to get in the ring and they're going to totally square up and, and go at each other. This tells me that there's been rules set in place by the California State Athletic Commission. Stuff like maybe like no hitting to the head or, you know, the level of aggression. Things like this don't speak well for the quality of the fight. And I'm thinking more and more now this is going to be glorified sparring session, to be honest with you, especially with no headgear and everything like that. If I wasn't concerned before, I'm certainly leaning much more that way now just because of this statement. Now, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, Roy Jones Jr. is trying to hype this up as much as possible, but... I'm thinking now that, you know, this is him trying to reassure people if they hear things that, uh, yeah, you know, Mike, Mike's crazy, you know, classic, classic kind of uh, tactic to get people to think that, well, Mike won't follow the rules. Maybe he won't. Maybe they will square up and they will go crazy, but I'm not putting my money on that. So with that said, I want to thank you for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to hit the like button. If you want to see more content like this, hit the subscribe button. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This was Glove Talk. New episodes every Sunday.